0: Now on JOY 94.9, this is The Glow Show, with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, JOY's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and JOY volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on JOY.
1: And yes, you are on Joy 94.9. This is The Glow Show. I'm Will and always joined by Gabby. How are you going, Gabby? I've just
2: survived the heat. The heat? That's lovely. I don't know how I got through it.
1: You don't know how? I'm over it. I love the heat. It was it's just, not for me. It's the last blast of summer, do you think? I hope so. Mm.
2: But speaking of heat. Yes. And weather and all these horrible things. Mm. It's funny you should mention that, Will. Oh, I, I
1: mentioned it. You mentioned it. <laughs> I should mention it because in
2: the studio today we yeah. have our ex Deputy Commissioner Andrew Chris from Victoria Police. He is now with um, the emergency Man- He's now the Emergency Management Commissioner. Commissioner. Mm. So he's got a different role, but he's still very high up in the organisation. <laughs> he's the head of the organisation. He's, he's joining us. Welcome, Welcome to, to the today. studio. Hey.
1: Thanks, Will. Yeah, thank you. And we are also joined by. He's with the us. The captain of Wongdong Fire Brigade, Joran Miller. Joran, welcome. G'day, Will. How are you? Got good, to go, thank me? you. good, good. Now, welcome. Now, first, Andrew, I always like to ask people well, obviously, how did you become come into the emergency management services? How did you yeah, find so yourself there?
3: Emergency management commissioner. So, um, yeah, as Gabby mentioned, um, i had the pleasure of um, knowing and working with Gabby for, for quite a period of time. You know, I did nearly uh, 40 years with VicPol. Um, Gabby's you not, look so young. Gabby's not even 40, so uh, we haven't worked <laughs> That long, but um, yeah, was, um, I was—I was made an offer. I, I couldn't refuse. I guess um, that I certainly wasn't looking at leaving Victoria Police, and you know, it's an organisation very close to my heart. I love it. Um, but again, I sort of thought about this opportunity, and it was really a values piece for me. In that, it was still about public service and about
1: community safety. It was a new challenge, so I thought, "What the heck? I'll give it a go." Excellent. Now, Yaron,
4: how did you find yourself in the CFA? A uh, bit of an interesting way. I, uh, I grew up, uh, my father was always in the CFA, that's just the country way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I, she's a born and bred Essendon girl, so we moved out into the country. And um, yeah, for me, it was a way of, of putting back into the into the community. Uh, community, country towns are basically run on volunteers. And also, it was a great way of getting to meet some new people. So you know, we'd never, ever... Been to Wandong prior to buying a house there. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we joined up and... Uh, from there, sort of, uh, both family really loved it, really enjoyed it, and sort of worked my way through the ranks and uh, ended up being captain. Now we've had a bit of a warm one this weekend, mm. Andrew. Yeah, but how's
1: the fire season been this year, generally? Look, uh, I've, overall, we've been we've been fairly busy. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, there's been more than two and a half thousand grass, bush, and scrub fires since the first of December, and again, that's the, many people would not realise there's that many fires, but that that's a credit to to Yorin and mm-hmm. and many many volunteers. That work across the state. The fact that they ran up these fires so, so quickly. Um, But we've actually, we've also had some fairly significant fires. So mainly down in Gippsland, which was no surprise to us because that's where it was predicted because of how dry it's been down there for the last couple of years. It was going to be a high risk area for us. So we've still got a going fire at Timbara, which is far east Gippsland. It's burned out about 21,000 hectares. We've also had the the Thompson Dam uh, fire. So, part of melbourne's water catchment area so again the seven or eight thousand hectare fire that's that's actually um that's and uh, that's contained at the moment and the walhalla fire which um had the potential to significantly impact on that particular minute it did impact but it could have been worse um so again that that one for us um is is contained at the moment so so there's pretty significant fires that, that we've had that have you know burnt considerable um, amount of hectares across the state
2: and great work by the volunteers because <laughs> we need the volunteers we
4: definitely do yeah yeah I must admit for us it's been a uh, it's been an interesting season for our particular area we've actually been Abnormally quiet, but uh, that that there doesn't touch mean wood. that touch wood. But we've been out and about uh, supporting a lot of other a lot yeah. of other areas, a lot of other brigades, uh, and that's the beauty of the CFA is that if there's a big fire, we all jump in. We yeah. travel where we need to travel. So uh, yeah, we've so been you, all over the place. You're, an,
1: you're a captain of Wondong, uh, so I assume you have an area that yep. you look after. But if it gets more intense in other areas,
4: you will move your unit on request or... Yeah, 100%. So, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a two-way street. Yep. So, uh, depending on the size of the fire, they will start pull, pulling resources from our surrounding areas and, and just trying to yeah, throw as much as we can to try and... and yeah, Get the fire out, get it contained. Uh, and likewise, if we have a large fire in our area, and the classic example of that would have been Black Saturday, mm-hmm. where there were trucks coming from everywhere. So, um, yeah, our little, my little area that, that Wandong looks after, we've been reasonably quiet, touch wood, but uh, definitely been out and about a lot this season.
2: With the number of fires that we've had, I mean, with the dry weather and the lack of rain. It's a given that we're going to have them. But yeah. how much of that is um, by accidents, by yeah, people doing some silly things or maybe some fire
3: bugs? No, it's, well, it's probably, you know, it's all of the above. Interestingly, we, we always have storms and we always have a lot of lightning in January, but the Bureau have been saying that we've we've had significantly more lightning and when you've got really, really dry conditioning conditions, um, lightning will start fires. And we saw, you know, I talked about the, the Thompson catchment fire. That particular night we could see this storm moving across the state to the east and there was just lightning and fires starting all the way to the border wow. so so that that's that's been a significant cause of fires and, and again some 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 people that have been irresponsible in terms of um, campfires not putting out campfires um, so that's also created mm. quite a few issues for us and there, there are there's been uh, there, I know of at least two people who have been arrested in relation to, to arson so there are some deliberately at fires but you know Mother Nature um, mm. is uh, sort of starts them, and in a lot of cases, you know, also stops them.
2: So, what should people do if they if they're aware of um, lightning strikes that have started fires? Should they yeah. try to put them out? Should they ring triple zero straight away? Yeah. So that,
3: that's exactly what we ask um, members of the community to do is actually if, if they see smoke, is just to report it, you know, call triple O, just just report it, do what they can. You know, landowners, farmers, that that sort of thing. And again, most people in the country sort of are, are attuned to doing that sort of thing. I'd imagine. Yeah, You're and, right?
4: and the, the, the big thing we say, agree 100%, is that it's if you see smoke, call triple O, uh, volunteers... Whether they're volunteers, career staff, or, or your um, Forest Fire Management Victoria that look after the, the state forests and and all that, nobody minds going out to a false alarm. Mm. Mm. We'd much rather go to a false alarm than yeah. have somebody go, "Oh, I'm imagining things," or "I don't want to," I don't want to you know get the volunteers out of bed or whatever else, yeah. and then it gets bigger. So, uh, yeah. If anybody sees anything, that's the key. Is just to call it in. We can go out. We can check it out, and then we can make either put the fire out if we need to, or we just go up. Oh. Yeah, you know, we've escaped again. There's no fire, and we just go back home and go back to bed and happy days.
1: Now, uh, Andrew and Yorin, I'm going to ask you um, about the Black Saturday experiences. Mm. So what was your experience or involvement on that day? Look, um, I, I'll be very honest here. I actually wasn't even in the state. I, okay. w- I wasn't in
3: the country. Um, mm-hmm. I was in England. Um, I had a family reason to be there with my mother. Um, but however, at that time, I was a divisional superintendent, so a police superintendent working out at Knox. So I had responsibility for the Dan Nongs, the Yarra Valley, um, which was significantly, significantly impacted on that particular day i was i was back two days later and i ended up and and the regions in those days were somewhat different and so it was the old region four so it actually took in king lake marysville so some of the most significantly um, impacted parts of the of the state and um, i came back and i i ran sort of a, a regional operations center and yeah i'm just heavily involved after that but on the day um
4: i, I wasn't here you're on. Uh well, I you're, guess... You're on the ground. We're, yeah. we're on the ground. So yeah. at, uh, the, the Kilmore East fire probably started uh, maybe less than 10 kilometres away from, from the Wandong Township. Uh, so because the weather conditions of the day uh, we got responded on the initial call so when the fire tower called it in we we're on the initial call response uh, we had both of our trucks out at the fire so uh, we had our, our main truck which my wife was actually the crew leader on and then because we try to split family members where possible um, so I was actually on our secondary vehicle which was like an ultralight sort of a, a, a land cruiser with a water tank on the back so I was on there as the driver and crew leader with one other crew member so Uh, yeah it was a pretty full on day it was a long day Um, and we basically sort of chased it until it actually hit Wondong tried to save what we could and save the school and and we did a lot of stuff around town and then from there being a local brigade that was impacted we actually didn't spend any time in the other areas Uh, but we primarily looked after our own area and we probably for the two weeks afterwards we had between uh, 10, 20 trucks uh, working around the the Wondong Township. So it was uh, pretty hard. There was one stage there where myself and and my offsider went in to uh, rescue uh, a bulldozer driver and um, that there was getting a bit hairy. So for a while there they thought they'd lost us and my wife was a little bit concerned, obviously, and and whatnot. But um, I, I, I think as far as... How we all operated. It was one of those times where the, where the all the people on the ground. Um, we just did what we had to do, and under the conditions, I think we did a pretty good job. So. Mm. But it was uh, definitely not something you want to experience again. No,
2: definitely not. I mean, it was so unexpected. We, had, I don't think we've had an uh, incident like that for many, many years. And maybe nineteen sixties was the one before that in Geelong. Well, we, oh. we
3: well we had Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, yeah, Ash Wednesday yeah, yeah. was eighty three.
1: All right, yeah. I remember that well. too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I
2: yeah so copper. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, thank no, goodness. No. But um, we just get better and better prepared. Mm. We've got a lot more people working to try and prevent the, the yeah. fires, move them well control them
3: well it's interesting because you know yarn's the firefighter I'm not but but we will never put out a fire like that we never. You, you just can't do it mm. so what's then critical is it's getting information getting warnings to to community and that that's where we've come such a long way since 2009 back in those days it was about you know cutting and pasting some some text and up, uploading that onto a, a website whereas now we can get warnings out within 30 seconds whether that's to, to apps to websites um, social Media more mm. broadly, so it's all about getting that information out as quickly as we can. And
2: that was a direct result. That was a learning exactly. for that incident.
3: One of the major learnings, and, and that's really you know what we we focus on now is um, you know when, once we see something that's potentially going to impact on the community, we've got to get information out. We've got to
4: warn them. And and that there's uh, that, that there's a big thing. Even as a volunteer, um, I often operate in an incident controller sort of role, and and that is at the forefront of everything we mm. do. Is that while I'm Trying to look after how do we actually combat this fire and tactics and all that sort of hands-on on the ground stuff. Uh, th- there's also that that major importance of keeping the community informed and and warning people of, of any impending da- impending danger that they're going to have. So. Um, and and as Andrew mentioned, like pre Black Saturday to post Black Saturday, the changes in those sort of systems have been phenomenal. It's mm. you, you, you can't compare pre and post. It sounds like fires is always going to be there.
1: It's always going to be a risk, but yeah. uh, managing it and getting the information out there is something that we've certainly learned. Yeah. And- it's fascinating, yeah.
3: And sorry, um, Will. So we, you know, I keep talking about the Vic Emergency app. You know, there's there's mm. a, there's other ways of accessing information, but more than one point two million people have downloaded the app. You know, I'm constantly looking at it. Um, so if, if anyone hasn't got it, I suggest that, that you do because you might not think it where you're living, but if you're planning on driving into regional Victoria, then it's a great way of accessing information. It'll help
1: you make good decisions. Excellent stuff. You're listening to Andrew Crisp, our Emergency Management Commissioner. And you're, who's the captain of the Wongdong Fire Brigade, you're listening to The Glow Show on Joy 94.9.
0: You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. Back soon. Listen to us. Right around the nation. Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. Back,
2: you're with the Glow Show, uh, Gabby and Will, and we're speaking to the Emergency Management Commissioner Andrew Crispin. You might recognise his voice because he has been a regular on Joy in his previous role, and also Captain of Wondong Fire Brigade, Yaron Miller.
1: Now, uh, one of the things I also like to um, talk about is if we want to get involved in the CFA as a volunteer. Mm. So, what's the what's the process? to do that and what sort of things can we expect to to do I can see a lot of (laughs) of people looking at me (laughs) that's right
4: Uh, it's pretty easy so I think first and foremost make make contact with your local brigade Mm -hmm. Um, brief overview there's probably two main streams you can go down there would be the operational firefighter so they're the people that are on the back of the truck um Putting out fires, going turning out to incidents and whatnot. There's also a lot of roles, particularly in the volunteer space, for uh, brigade members that don't want to be operational. So, sort of more support roles, and so they can be supporting directly supporting the brigade, and that might be right through to, as a, a secretary or a treasurer. Um, we have we do a lot, lot, of, lot in the space of community education and community safety. So, we've got people that are involved in that. Um, Health and safety, right through to simple things like grounds maintenance and whatnot. You can also look sort of outside of the brigade and start getting involved in a a regional or a district level, Um, and and that there can still be involved in incident management, in the incident control centres. and and you can yeah, there's all the whole lot of training and qualifi- qualifications you can get to get those roles but you don't necessarily have to be out there on the fire ground chewing smoke or waking up at three in the morning or whatever else so so if I'm somebody who's maybe a little bit fear of fire but would like to support my community
1: or would like to support the CFA there are many roles you can get involved in straight away you don't have to like earn your stripes
4: being on a fire truck 100% you, you don't you don't need to be on a fire truck yep and 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 the main thing is is that we if, if we have anybody that, that comes up and joins, we're more than happy like we'll accept anybody because there is always a role for, for anybody in a brigade.
2: And we're coming to the end of summer, but however, apparently, that's not going to be the end of the heat and the dry weather. Mm. So people might be thinking, oh, it's the end of summer, we can start relaxing, we can start having bonfires yeah. and burning um, wood on our property. Yeah. That's not really the case, <coughs> is it?
3: No, no, not, not at all. And, um, you know, we, we've still got... We've still got a bit of warm weather to go. And then the, the Bureau puts out sort of a seasonal – or updates the seasonal outlook. So even even into into autumn, they're, they're saying it's going to be drier and, and warmer than normal. So, yeah, we, we just can't get complacent around this. And, you know, we're seeing the same thing in the northern hemisphere with – Northern Hemisphere with the fires they had particularly in California you know we used to talk about summer or a fire season you know I came into this role uh, August the 13th last year we already had a fire at that stage at Cape Conran. Um early, well, last year, March the 17th was the Southwest fires. So there, there wasn't mm-hmm. too much of a gap between March and August when it comes to fires. So um, people, you know, we, we can't become complacent. We've got to stay focused around fire. But fire's not a bad thing. You know, um, we, we we live in Victoria this summer, there, there will be fire. So it's about how you live, with there's, there's good fire, there's this planned burning, which is, which is good fire, how you use it to, to control the environment, to keep communities safe. Um, the reality is, there will always be fires, but it's just about how we how we live with fire.
2: Okay, so make, trying to make sure your own property is safe, you probably should engage with your local CFA because mm-hmm. they I know they do information sessions about yep, yep. what you need to do to keep your property safe.
4: Yep, yeah, hundred percent. So so we we do a lot of stuff pre season in regards to our community engagement um, and information sessions and whatever else. Uh, so there, there's a wealth of information available on the CFA website. Uh, in regards to, to how to keep your property safe and, and what you... The, the other one as well is that the can I and can't I. So what you can and can't do during the fire danger period. Um, and, and that talks about whether you can have you know, a campfire versus a bonfire, whatever else. Um, but yeah, but definitely touch base with a local fire brigade. They can give a, a wealth of advice. Um, I know for me personally, in, my, in the brigade and area I look after... Um, I've often get a lot of phone calls saying oh I want to do this or can I help you know can you can the fire brigade help me out here so we've actually uh, conducted a lot of burn-offs for residents that might be elderly or, or, or might not be quite as able-bodied to be able to look after them themselves so we'll we'll use that as a training scenario and we'll go out there and, and give an opportunity for for members to use drip torches and and do some of our hose laying practice so so we do all that sort of stuff and the other one as well is um, most brigades nowadays have got a Facebook page so even if they make contact with the brigade via the Facebook page um, yeah, like we, we can give them send them links on information or yeah, pass on details for, for contact numbers who, that, that might be able to help them outside of the local brigade. Excellent, Andrew. You're um,
1: emergency management commissioner. So mm. fire is just a, a one, one part. One part. So what's some of the other parts, just briefly? Just so if
3: we on. want to talk about summer, um, we've we've tragically seen uh, 23 drowning deaths mm-hmm. since the first of December. Is uh, that
1: up or down?
3: It it, it is up uh, yep. on the five year average. So there has been a spike around that, um, it, but it's it's. It's really hard to put your finger on it because we've—it's probably almost half and half um, coastal to inland waterways, and then in inland waterways we, we've had waterfalls, we've had lakes, we've had dams. Um, so, it's—is there any clear trend around that? probably not so but we've we've pulled together a group of um, uh, life-saving victoria you know the victorian institute of forensic management and parks vic and, and others to what what more can we do is it in some of our messaging is it some of our infrastructure so we're very very focused ar- around this um but yeah so definitely direct the drowning deaths have been forefront so for what me. is
2: your key safety message about um using different kinds of waterways
3: yes yeah, so so it, it well and truly is and it's the same old message if you go into the the beach go to a patrol beach and, and swim between the flags um you know our surf lifesavers uh, are busy enough there like they they've they've conducted you know literally hundreds of rescues so so that is so important you know if you can't park near a patrol beach and you've got to park some distance away, make the effort to walk back to the patrol beach. Just don't go in at that particular point that, that's that's not patrolled. Inland waterways, again, a little bit more difficult. Um, but again, we'd suggest that you swim where there's other people swimming. If there's locals, ask them. You know, Local knowledge is, is, is invaluable around this. So you, you just... Just be so cautious of the environment in which you're, you're swimming or you're engaging in some sort of water activity.
2: Yeah, I guess you've got to respect water because Definitely. as a teenager, I was a very strong swimmer. And um, I, I remember getting stuck in a rip at a beach yeah. and I had no idea what yeah. to do and managed to get myself almost back in, whereas my friend was getting swept out. And luckily, there were some local surfers who came out to yeah. rescue us. But if they weren't there, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. I think maybe I would have gotten back, but I'm not sure about my friend. Mm. So it's uh, whether you're a strong swimmer or not, you've really You've got to obey um, that's right the the um, where the flags are and don't speak yeah. outside them no
3: that's that's exactly right you can't you can't go too far wrong if you do that.
1: Now we are um, an LGBTI radio station hmm. so clearly uh, volunteers with the CFA and obviously within your workplace you have an excellent uh, LGBTI acceptance policy.
3: Yeah, look, um, definitely, and, and this is where, you know, I'm not just talking about, about CFA, I'm talking about yeah. all the organisations yep. across our, what we term as our sector. Yep. And again, it's about what we're doing and, and what more we can, we can be doing. And I guess this is where, you know, I, I'm very much for, for listening and learning from the LGBTI communities. Um, so, so. Yeah, Pride March. You know, you know, with Victoria Police, been involved in in many um, Pride marches, which which I love. You know, it's one of my favourite um, events of the of the year. Unfortunately, this year I couldn't march because it was a spike day for us in terms of um, fire risk. It was hot. Yeah. So so myself and the Chief Commissioner and the Minister for Emergency Services and Police, we're actually in the State Control Centre, but we did a little video that we put on social media just to show we were we were connected. Um, also, as part of Midsummer Festival itself. Um, The emergency services had a stall. It's the first time they've come together like that. And we're looking at setting up uh, an emergency management pride network. So again I'd be very interested in you know how we do that? What more we can do um, around ensuring that everyone feels included? You know, it doesn't matter what you, what your background is. We want you as volunteers in the CFA, the Sef, Life Saving, all those organisations. Because the more we reflect the broader community, no matter what your background, the better off all our organisations will be. I said it in police, and I'll yep. keep saying it in this role. That's excellent, Yaron.
4: Um, yeah, I, I guess you know for, from a CFA perspective, uh, and particularly my brigade, where. We're, we're very inclusive in regards to our membership. There is no restrictions or any of that sort of stuff. And and I think as far as Wondong goes, we're, we're quite a progressive brigade as well. So um, one of the things I've really tried to do uh, since I've been, been captain, and it was never a problem beforehand, but I've really tried to maintain it and, and build on it, is that level of inclusiveness. And we want everybody to come to our brigade and feel safe and feel valued and feel accepted. Beautiful, yep. And, um, and, and that goes right through even to the extent of, you know, it sounds quite minor, but children. Like children in our brigade are welcome. There are a lot of brigades where they go, I can't have children here. But my, I've got three kids, Mike. It's like their second home. And so yeah. people, as part of, you know, accepting everybody and going, well, you've got children, they need to come. You know, if we, if we want our members to feel accepted they everything comes along with them and so yeah and 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 that's a big mantra for our brigade is that it's just every everybody's treated treated as equals within our brigade that's excellent i love it too feel
1: everyone's feel safe and feel welcome which is the main thing
2: and i don't want to keep dwelling on black saturday but we have had the 10 year anniversary Mm -hmm. so 10 years after that terrible incident how are the communities going
4: um, I, I, I think for Wondong so, so Wondong was uh, in, the actual township was impacted it probably made, it took out one of the train stations, uh, there was a fair bit of damage to the school grounds um, all, we lost, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, sort of within the, the township and the broader sort of area of the township maybe 50 odd houses, so we weren't as impacted as your, your Flowerdales and your King Lake Western Marysville uh, so it definitely moved on really well I think it's shown a real resilience within the community and, and the amount of of how people sort of held together and supported each other was really encouraging, uh, particularly for a, a town like like Wondong. It's what we call a dormitory suburb. And so we've got a lot of people that are still Melbourne-centric, work in Melbourne, friends are in Melbourne, kids go to school in Melbourne. Um, but it was great to see that even, even relatively new sort of members of the community were all sort of part of that, you know, banded together and we supported each other. So, uh, yeah, The township in Wondong is moving along really, really well. Awesome. Awesome initiatives. Um, Andrew, uh, look, and
1: Yorin, to me, you're all superheroes. (laughs) You do fantastic work. You really should be proud of the work that you do do. Um, well,
3: th- thank you, but I, I'll go back to Yorin and his CFA colleagues, or yeah. or SES, or all the other volunteers. That you know they're volunteers. You know they've they've got day jobs, they've got families, and as you've heard, you know they they give up so so much. And I actually made a mistake uh, early on in this this role when I um, I went to a CFA brigade awards dinner, and I was talking to a group of um, CFA volunteers, and I said, "Oh, look, you're so well engaged with your community," and they said, "We are." Community, <laughs> and so yeah, I've not I've not forget, forgotten that.
1: That's excellent, guys. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. We'd love to have you back another night. Um, Just yeah. try and stop us. Yes, no. <laughs> I Gabby love you have a great week. We will, will uh, see you back here next week. Um, so up next, we've got uh, um, oh, whoever's on up next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. Anyway, <laughs> you've been thanks
2: li- for coming in, and everyone stay safe.
1: Great. great. You've been listening you. thanks, to the Glow Show on Joy ninety four point nine.
0: That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tayak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy.